Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 335. And in a minute, we're going to bring Brandon Wu on the phone. Uh, you guys may remember him from the 2019 U.S. Open. He plays an amateur then. He's since moved over to the professional ranks. He's played a couple of uh, events on the PGA Tour. I think he's got an outstanding uh, career ahead of him. So we're going to talk to him about some of his goals. We're going to talk to him about some of his favorite golf moments. And he played at Stanford, so he's crossed paths with Tiger a few yeah, times. Right. So interesting stories, and I can't wait to uh, to get him on the phone and talk to him. We're also going to do our Twitter tap in in a second here. First, we want to thank this week's sponsor, Titleist. Guys, The everyone, you know, you want a faster golf ball. We hear it all the time. And performance into and around the greens also so makes a big difference in that score that you write down on your scorecard. Well, speed meets performance with a new Titleist Tour Speed. Titleist did extensive testing with amateur golfers in developing the Tour Speed's three-piece thermoplastic urethane construction that gives you a soft feel, exceptional distance in the long game, along with that precise short game scoring control. It really does set itself apart from the, uh, from the competition. And speaking of the competition, if you're currently playing a ball like the Callaway Chrome Soft, the Bridgetone Tour BRX, the TaylorMade Tour Response, you really need to give the Titleist Tour Speed a look. It's in the same price range and it outperforms all of those balls. You can find out all the information on the performance of the ball at Titleist.com. You and I got a chance to check it out a little bit. It yeah, is it is a great ball, especially for that price range. I, I seriously encourage you guys, pick up a sleeve, give it a look. Uh, you, you will enjoy this ball. The new Tour Speed, uh, get new Tour Speed or get left behind. Um, Mike, so this is a, this is a Twitter tap in this week that, you know, potentially could get you in a little trouble. Yeah, for right? sure. And, and the second part of this one is, is certainly polarizing. Right. So, but we had fun with this and we, we got some, we got some good responses and you and I each kind of have our own, uh, take on this as well. But first, if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you follow us at Golficity so you can get involved in the Twitter tapping segment each week. So for this week's Twitter tapping, we asked, does your significant other play golf? And if so, is it a blessing or a curse? Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So when we had a, a couple of different ones, um, Right off the bat, um, Luca says, nope, and it's a blessing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, again, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. you, you get a little bit of both. But um, uh, Sean Conigan says, uh, just getting her into it, getting her into it. We played her first round yesterday, and she enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So there, there's two sides of this coin. There's the, you know, this is my nightmare yeah. from what was that movie where they went on and played golf with the, with the girls. Uh uh, it was like a, it was it's best man or some Paul Rudd was in it. Whatever it was, it's, oh, it's it's yes. that yeah. Somebody somebody will drop pass, in the comments. No, no, somebody no, no, will okay. drop in the comments and, and remind me what it was. But um, there's there's that side of the coin where some people and and look, I'm not going to judge on either side of the fence because there are some people in, in a relationship where it's like it's great. You do a lot of things together and you just need to have a few of your own separate things that are just yours and it's your space and your time. So some people are like, look, golf is my thing. I don't get my significant other involved in it. Right. The other side of that coin, and that's something that I'm personally a fan of. My wife does not play at all. However, even it's funny. Just this week, she she asked me to start teaching her some things because she says if I if I could move the ball around, I think I'd enjoy it. She's just saying I don't enjoy it because I I can't swing. Yeah. You know. But the other side of that is. When you do have a significant other who plays and enjoys the game, things like vacations and travel 
become, become better. Yes. You know, because you, you say, Hey, let's structure some of our vacations around where we can play golf. Let's go to Kiowa. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and similarly too, I feel like it's when, when your significant other ex- ex- understands the game, they, it's a little bit less of that explaining of how long is it you're going to be out there? How long is it going to take? Whatever type of thing. Yeah. So I, I personally, although my significant other does not play, my wife does not play at all. Um, I think it would be cool if she did, I, but it's also one of those things I would never force her into. It. For sure. It, no one's going to enjoy something that they're forced into. I believe that with golf with kids as well. Right. You kind of have to just let there be interest. And if there is interest, jump in there with the support. What do you think? Well, I, it's funny you bring this one up because we're actually going to try to play golf this weekend uh, with my seven-year-old. And, and Harry, uh, on he, he messaged, my wife does not, but my six-year-old daughter is falling in love with the game, so I have a new golfing buddy and couldn't be happier. So Harry, I agree with you. The point is to take my daughter out this weekend, but I said, hey, let's take mom out too. She wants to try it. So yeah. she's going to try it. I know she's not going to fall in love with it, but I'm like you with the uh, worlds collide. It's like Costanza. You know, if yeah. relationship George comes walking through this door, he's going to kill golf George. Yeah. You know, so uh, that, that's that's I like to keep him apart, but for the travel and for stuff like that, I'd love for her to come out and take a couple swings on like two or three holes, maybe go back in the cart and chill for a little bit. Yeah. That's what she would do. But as long as they're out there enjoying it, I mean, I think that's a delicate dance too, because I was just speaking to someone the other day, um, this one woman, and she was telling me that her husband is very into the game. And I, I think it was, it was her sister or something like that, that wanted to get out there and play. But she actually felt discouraged because when she went out there with her, her, uh, in-laws and, and her, her husband, um, they were just constantly trying to teach her and she was just feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. That's a hard part too. And I think part of that is us as golfers, we're trying so much to teach and we're a little bit sometimes over ambitious because we want so badly for you to play well and enjoy it so that, you know, you can be up. But, um, similar story here. Ryan Donovan says, my wife has played a couple of times, which uh, was a lot of fun, but she sees how much I enjoy the game and now teaching my daughter. So I see it as a family blessing. Similar thing with the, with the kids getting involved. Right. Um, and uh, a lot of people actually, Manny, I love the fact that my wife plays. We play Twilight at my home course and always enjoy ourselves. And then Hunter says right before that, I'm currently teaching my wife the game and I love it. It has helped uh, remind me of the basics and their importance, which is pretty interesting. So true. So and by when teaching, my, it brings you back. Right? I thought the same thing. When my wife asked me, I said, well, what way can I kind of start with this? Because there's a big difference between playing and teaching. And I've always said this. I have so much respect for people who can teach. It's a totally different skill set. I found a little bit for myself during quarantine trying to teach uh, my young daughter who's in kindergarten and some of the math and things like that. I'm like, yeah, I could do this, but how do I tell it in a way that you'll understand it? Similar type of thing with golf and just trying to break it down mentally to what its most simple parts are so that you can teach it really kind of helps you because it makes you think. Yeah, absolutely. So I had her, I just started working with her on just kind of like half swings, just parallel to parallel and mm-hmm. just collecting the ball. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And on the other side of that, Justin writes, she, she can, but doesn't, I'd probably play more if she'd go. So here we, we, we say a lot, oh, I wish I had the time to play more golf. I just don't, I can't fit it in. I can't practice. Yeah. But if you got something you guys are doing together, then maybe you'll get out there and do it. So, well, that's just it. Cause sometimes too, you know, you have the same thing, two young kids. Sometimes it's hard to find that quality time to be with your significant other. 100%. You know, we, we try to like get a babysitter and do a date night every once in a while. But if you also add into the mix of the schedule, us trying to play golf, and then that's another thing that's it's we're doing apart, 
it's hard to find those things you can do together. So if you can find that game together, that's it. You know, Manny seventy nine says, "I love the fact that my wife plays. We play Twilight at my home course and always enjoy ourselves." Yeah. So how cool is that? I mean, it's kind of like it's cool. You're getting that time for the relationship, but also time right. for the game. Right. Uh, and now, now my beat. wife is very big into tennis. She takes lessons now. She plays once a week. So she's got two rackets, and she goes, "Why don't one?" quote unquote date night instead of going out to eat and spending money let's just go play twilight tennis we'll get a babysitter we'll play for like an hour yeah yeah. so perfect let's do it there you go you know so again no divots in tennis you can't take divots (laughs) but i'm nervous i'm gonna blow my knee out so i'm gonna be careful oh yeah take it easy out there we don't have insurance on you nope um let's see ray gorman says this is an interesting one here mike he says absolutely not regarding his wife he said she was raised in ireland and forced to play the local pitch and pot developed a hatred for the game joined me once to drive the cart while visiting myrtle beach with my parents she brought she brought a book to read that's great (laughs) (laughs) hey at least she found a way to enjoy herself but i think that is case in point like i said earlier you really you gotta let people kind of discover the game on their own I, i even with my my young daughters we are fortunate enough to have a lot of resources with golficity. Yep. Access to some golf courses, access to clubs, things like that. We could really throw that at our kids, but we don't. You know, we it's it, my approach, I know you're similar. I've just been kind of showing them how I enjoy it. I'll go outside and while they're playing, I'll I'll, you know, work on my swing and whatever it may be. And the interest I allow it to just naturally be there. They'll come over and be like, "What are you doing?" Right. And then like, "Oh, can I play too?" 100%. It is a different thing for them than you going and saying hey you know do this right do this it's so funny you say that because yes they see you enjoying it they want to do it last weekend i brought my girls here yeah because i said you know i go hey daddy wants to go to the office and take a couple swings i want to try to work on something oh can we come can we come And they were excited for like three days yeah turns out i didn't even bring my clubs it was then all became about them i brought their clubs only and just had them hit in here so you know, it, it is cool. It is cool to get them involved. It really is. And, and another common theme that I keep seeing is for the people who are out there um, playing and teaching and bringing their other their significant other into the game, their own golf game is also benefiting, not even just from the enjoyment level. But here, uh, Matt uh, Hiller says, um, yes, she just started playing this year. It's been good because I've been uh, we have driving range dates. Another thing that's that's awesome, yep. which helps me practice more than normal. And teaching in the fundamentals go. reinforces. When you me. got those dates locked up, you can get both in in once. Brilliant. But he's right. Teaching her the fundamentals reinforces, reinforces them it. to me. It's so, great. And then I'll wrap it up here with Matt's and Sam. I was going to say the same. No one. period. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we said there's two sides to this, man. There's two sides. But like I said, I'm not going to judge one way or another. I personally like the idea of if if it works, bring them out there. But on the same token. Much respect for everyone. Everyone's got to have that thing in their life that's just their thing. Yeah. You know, and if it's just yours and it's your time to just kind of, uh, you know, be by yourself and do your own thing, fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you got a core group of buddies that you play with and whatever it may be. I I, I think either way, it's just, it's an interesting, it's it's polarizing, but it's interesting conversation on both sides. hundred percent, man. Absolutely. I mean, these are always great, these Twitter tapping. So thanks. Keep those coming, guys. Um, I want to get Brandon on the show. I know he's got a Portland. He's in Portland. He's got a Corn Ferry tour this week. Yeah. Event. So I want to bring him on, but I want to pay some bills first if you're cool with that. Go for it. So let's do it, guys. This episode is brought to you by ShotScope. The ShotScope V3 is a stat tracking laser like GPS watch. It tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. You can improve by you know using it, um, but it's just going to help you enjoy the game better. I mean, after all, that's what it's all about. Uh, Frank, there was a recent firmware update on the ShotScope. Yes. Guys, you have to update your firmware. This is a terrific update. And another reason why I love tech 
tech products. You buy it once, and it just seems to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. So the ShotScope team, as we've talked about before, you've heard them on the show here before. Excellent golfers really care about the game. They are always working on making that shot tagging and tracking even more accurate. And there's a new firmware update. If you've got the V3, it's free. Just update your firmware, and you're going to have visual feedback. I actually did a little video about it for the Facebook group, so everyone could kind of see how it works. But as you glance down at the watch, you will see the tag on the watch. So if you've got it's a brilliant. seven iron in your hand, mm -hmm. it's going to say it on your watch. And right there, you've got the confidence knowing that the correct uh, club is being tagged for that shot. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. So guys, check it out. Visit shotscope.com slash golficity. Get yourself in the game with the new V3 watch or the G3 if you just want the GPS only. That's shotscope.com slash golficity. And lastly, want to thank FootJoy. At FootJoy, they know a little something about the ground and its fickle nature. I mean, you know, that's why FootJoy offers more styles for more players than any other brand. I mean, you could take away on every step, every condition, every lie uh, with complete confidence. Whether it's the max, max performance of the all-new Tour X or the all-around comfort and versatility of the Flex XP, the timeless styling of the dry joys. And I'm How about the Coastal? I'm taking them off. You got yours on, no, too. No, we're both wearing them. Oh, yeah. all right, here we go. go. I took mine off. So here you go. Check out. There you These go. are really sweet. Um, I love I love some of the off course stuff like the co I mean coastal you can wear you can wear any of the the uh, flex on the course. Yeah. But I wear them off the of course, course all the I time. Had a backyard barbecue where they was turning heads last week. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it. They were like, "What are those? What they were are looking those? at the burgers, Mike. They go were ahead. looking at the burgers. That's right. <laughs> no, so the all new foot giant lineup in 2020 with the Pro SLs as well. They offer more stability, more traction, more comfort, more choice. Including those new ProSL black carbons. Those are pretty sweet, guys. Check out footjoy.com to find the right shoe for your golf game. All right, guys, let's go ahead and bring Brandon on the show now. Let's talk to him a little bit about his PGA Tour career and where he's headed in the future. Like I said, bright future for this guy. All right, guys, on the line, we've got 2017 Porter Cup winner, current PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour member, Brandon Wu. Brandon, great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks so much, guys. I love being here. For sure. And it's great to have what I would consider another local guy. You grew up uh, right in Scarsdale, right? Yeah, yeah. Not too far. Um, so, yeah, I spent most of my life in Scarsdale. Uh, I've since moved to Dallas back in February, but my parents still are in Scarsdale, so I still consider Scarsdale home. There you go. So so much great golf over here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Endless. It's right. And so what was it like, you know, growing up on the East Coast and then you went out to Stanford to play golf? I would imagine fairly big change, you know, moving coast to coast and then you get out there, the state of the art facility that Stanford has. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of perks and great stuff that comes with that. But what was that change like for you as, as a golfer? Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is definitely the weather. Um, back when I was in high school and middle school, I was only playing golf maybe in the spring and then in the summer. Uh, doing maybe a couple other sports in the fall and the winter. I played football a few years in high school, um, and I did swimming every winter. Um, so it was definitely cool to be able to play golf year-round. Um, I f remember getting recruited to Stanford, and I was just thinking to myself, like, it would be cool to see, like, hopefully I can start to improve quite a bit, uh, spending more time at it. Um, so that was super fun. And then, uh, yeah, the facilities at Stanford are second to none for sure. Um, you know, just and having our own golf course right on campus was also very sweet. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific setup. But was that was that kind of always where you had your eye on going with Stanford? Was that one of your first choices? You know, I'd always like wanted to go to Stanford, I guess. And this was probably you know when I was younger when I didn't really know how, like their golf program or their academics or whatever. But I guess as I grew a little bit older, uh, it made a lot of sense just because I thought you could kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, you know, world class golf team, but also a high level 
academics as well. So, you know, that was kind of what I was looking for is, you know, you didn't have to sacrifice one or the other. And that was definitely the best destination for both. Brandon, I got to ask, because I know our listeners are probably are wondering this over the, the, the term out there at Stanford. Did you did you get any Tiger interaction? Does he make himself accessible to the team? Does he come offer some wisdom? Yeah, so I I've met Tiger twice. Um, the first time was at Stanford. He um, he was getting ready to come back. Uh, this was a few years ago. He's planning to play the Safeway Open. That would have been his like first start back from injury. Yep. Um, so he was in the area. He was practicing with us for a few days before he went up to Napa. Uh, so he and our coach Conrad Ray were teammates back in the day um, at Stanford. So they kind of have a connection there. And uh, yeah, I feel like when Tiger is in the area playing golf or whatnot, he'll come by our practice facility and you know hit some balls. Yeah, that's cool. And speaking of tour, I, you know, I want to throw this out there because our listeners might not know this about you. I mean, there there aren't too many college seniors who get to spend their graduation day at the U.S. Open playing alongside DJ in a final round. I mean, come on, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was so special. I mean, that's cool because it's a memory I can have for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all a blur because every year Stanford graduation happens to fall on U.S. Open Sunday, and I think in recent memory there's been a couple guys as seniors to qualify for the U S open, but none of them have actually made the cut. So, you know, they can fly back Friday night, uh, to make their graduation. So I always knew that going in, uh, but then, you know, Friday night I'd actually made the cut and it became a reality. And that was, that was pretty special and props to the USGA for pulling off a mock graduation ceremony for me. That's awesome. <laughs> that is, that, is, that is quite cool. Now, and speaking of which you, you, unlike some of the other guys, Hovland and some of the other guys in the field, you kind of decided to delay going pro. Can you tell us a little bit about that decision and what went into that? Yeah, so I think a big component of that was trying to play the Walker Cup at the end of the summer. Um, that was something, uh, you know, I was first introduced to uh, when we had a practice session the year before. You know, it was super fun getting to hang out with a bunch of those guys and play at a high level. But uh, yeah, kind of had my sights set on that. And uh, for me, there's just no rush in turning pro as well. Um, it felt like, you know, why not have another year another summer as an amateur uh just because you know i got to play in a couple like a competitive schedule you know i was already into the usam was going to play the western am um but uh yeah it just didn't feel rushed for me and then the summer i felt like went about as well as i could have because i got to play in the us open got to play in the open championship um played down in peru in the pan-american games it's just another really cool experience before also playing in the walker cup yeah so it sounds like no no regrets on that decision for sure and yeah. then i would say that now once you do turn that corner and and turning pro um how much would you say has changed for you a, as a golfer now that you're you know pro focusing full-time on golf i mean i'm sure you have been for years but how has your routine changed how has your your schedule and your life changed you know, I think, um, I guess some parts have not really changed. Um, cause I think actually some people have this like fallacy, like once they turn pro, like it's completely different, like the game's different, everything's different. And although there's some truth to that, I think you, you had, you know, a good deal of success doing what you were doing and keeping the same routines. Like, I don't think you should change that just cause you're now a professional golfer instead of an amateur golfer. Um, so I've kept mostly like the golf stuff very similar. Um, I'd say I almost feel less busy because, you know, there's no school to worry about, which, right. is a, which is kind of a good thing. But then on top of that, you know, in college, you take for granted your coach does your hotels and your flights and right. all that good stuff. So now you got something else to worry about. <laughs> now you have 
your finances and all that stuff. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think about all those extra things that come with it for sure. And how about for your professional career going forward? Are there some goals and some things like that, that you've set for yourself? Some things, obviously you had a really well thought out plan for your amateur career. Um, like we just talked about and then getting to achieve a, a number of amazing goals. So is it similar for your professional career? Do you have some things outlined that you'd like to accomplish? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think although the this year's kind of been janky just because of all that's gone on, but uh, that was totally okay because I was going to just take everything in stride. It's been tough for everyone. Um, but yeah, I guess trying to finish in the top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour regular season, I think that's the best way for me moving forward uh, to get onto the PGA Tour. Um, I just think it's almost beneficial that there's a longer schedule and a bigger sample size because I think that rewards better players. So hopefully I can just play well over like a longer stretch and then um, start to build up points um, by, towards the end of next year and secure that top 25. Hey, Brandon, since you've been on the tour for a bit, you played in a few events. Is there any particular player out there that has helped you kind of transition? Um, I guess I guess there, there are a few different ones. Um, I would say Charlie Hoffman I've gotten to know a little bit just because so his caddy, Andy Barnes, caddied for me at the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was super cool to have him like a kind of a veteran presence um, in my first like professional start more or less and you know on such a big stage like there's a lot going on during the U.S. Open so uh, yeah that was pretty cool but um so yeah got to play a few practice rounds with Charlie in my PGA starts um, and then I'd actually say I've gotten to know Justin Rose a little bit over the years as well and uh, you know he's been super nice to me he you know he'll say hi and just kind of, yeah, play a few holes with him every now and then. And, you know, it's good to see him kind of, I mean, his whole story is really cool from how he began and how he struggled initially. But, I mean, obviously he's one of the best players in the world now. So, you know, getting to hang out with him is pretty cool too. No doubt a great guy whose brain to pick every once in a while. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, quickly, take us through the bag. What, do you, what What's your equipment? What are you playing? So I play all Titleist. Um, great. So, um I think everything's pretty standard. I have the TS3 driver, the TS2 three-wood. My irons are the T100s, uh, which I like just because mm-hmm. I used to use the CBs, um, and I kind of went between the AP2s and the CBs, but I went with the T100s this uh, this year just because they, they look really good, um, but there's a little bit of extra forgiveness as well. And as the guys, the Tyler's guys say, you know, it's like, why not have forgiveness if you're not really sacrificing anything else? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. yeah, You know, I'll take it. Right. And then I I use four wedges. So I go 46, 51, 56, 60. um, And then I have a 009 putter. That's awesome. I mean, Frank and I have been fortunate to have Aaron Dill make us a bunch of wedges uh, over the years. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anybody better out there. Exactly. You know, than Aaron. And uh, what ball are you gaming? Uh, I use the Pro V1, just Pro-V. the right regular one. He's a Pro V1 guy. Love it. Yeah. Excellent. I love that one. Gotcha. And, and, and Brandon, you know, so going back to kind of that, that goals thing, you know, you're, you're still so young. There's so much ahead of you, 22 years old. You feel like you kind of like accomplished everything as a kid growing up, you know, but do you have a favorite golf memory so far? You know, I know we said we're looking forward, but if we look back for a moment, is there something so far that really stands out for you? Um, I'd probably say the national championship last year. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was such a unique experience because, you know, there's not that much team golf, uh, in our sport, which is, I think it's too bad. Uh, cause it's, it's really fun and it's such a cool way to do it. But, um, 
I think it's, and it wasn't just that week experience at the national championship. It was kind of my whole senior season. Cause I think we finished the fall ranked maybe outside the top 40. Our, our coach Conrad was like, this is the worst fall I've ever had as a coach. <laughs> uh, you know, and this, this is my senior season. Like I really wanted to play well. We had a really good team, albeit, um, you know, a couple younger guys on the team, but you know, the way we were able to turn around and then win our last five, including the national championship, was just so cool. And to do it as a team as well. For sure. And, you know, even on this side of the fence as fans, I think we'd love to see more team golf, too. I mean, it's it's, it's exciting. You know, we think about like the big events, the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, but I'm, I'm on board with you. I think we need to see see some more of it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. So uh, you're a Westchester guy. You grew up in Scarsdale, I believe. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Frank and I, we, we're over the bridge a lot. We played, I think we were at Pound Ridge the other day. We were at Sleepy Hollow a lot. What, what were some of your favorite courses around the area? I've gotten to play, um, played Wingfoot a couple times. I mean, it's hard to beat Wingfoot. That place yeah. is just so cool when yep. you show up there the clubhouse is massive and it's it's just a, such a sweet property uh, but i've played westchester a few times too i like westchester a lot mm-hmm. and then my home club is scarsdale golf club scarsdale. so i spent a lot of time there got it got it excellent gotcha and then speaking kind of aside from golf I and mean, as you said before like the win-win of, of stanford is that you get such a quality education i believe your degree was in in product design right yeah mm-hmm. so where what do you I guess, you know, for, and also for some of the other golfers who are listening who do kind of that dual thing, what are kind of some of your goals with that from that education standpoint? Are there things that you want to use with that degree or what would be your kind of, obviously I know a primary focus right now, as you said before, was finishing high on the corn ferry and moving on to the PGA tour. But uh, do you have other aspirations to use that education as well? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I guess this type of like quarantine has actually been good in that sense because, you know, there was no golf going on. But um, I remember early, maybe back in March or April, one of my classmates um, approached me with kind of like a design opportunity. He was looking just for some help uh, on a couple projects he was working. Um, so we've been actually working on a project designing um, like clear masks uh, for people to use that are reusable. Um, so, yeah, we were experimenting with different materials, different styles. Um, but yeah, this was kind of just a cool project that we got to work on. I got to kind of stay in touch with, you know, classmates, meet a few um, new people as well through this. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we just started, I guess we're we're selling them now, but it's kind of like a nonprofit. We just wanted to try and help out. Um, That's awesome. You know, so yeah, we just began that. So it is, it's been cool working through this this whole process. That is cool. And it's cool to be able to use it in a real world application like that. Plus, it's also giving back and, and doing a little something for, for you know, just kind of said nonprofit. Um, really cool stuff. Um, all right. And, and Mike, did you have anything else before we let so go? just to confirm, you will not be in the field at Wingfoot, correct? Unfortunately. Yeah. So I still have a chance to qualify. So okay. there's, um, there's yeah. so the regular season <laughs> on the corn Ferry tour is finishing up this week and there'll be five spots handed out after this week, but then becomes the playoff series which is kind of a new clean slate it's three events and they'll pick five people from that three event stretch Uh as well so hopefully you can play well the next few weeks and uh, secure a spot back in Wingfoot. good Uh little hometown game for you that'd be for sure i know we'll be pulling for you You played lights out at the at the open at pebble uh i was just re-watching some of the highlights last night (laughs) just preparing for for our chat today and uh man i wish you the best what were you speaking of which during that quarantine did you use much of that time to work on your game or was there 
Was there a specific, did you change your routine at all? I know some guys even took a little bit of a break from the game to rest up, but what was your philosophy? Yeah, I, I actually was one of those guys that took a break. I probably, I didn't play golf for maybe five, six weeks. Um, just cause I asked a couple of reasons. I'm like, I was pretty used to taking time off and I kind of really value that time off just kind of growing up on the East coast, you know, yeah. it's like you have winters, you know, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you definitely cherish that time. And then I was also kind of preparing for, I knew there'd kind of be a sprint, uh, to play a bunch of golf right when things got back, um, to tournaments again. Um, so I was kind of, I just didn't want to, I guess, be burned out, like, or like too tired when that started. Um, so yeah, I just kind of was taking some time off, um, got to hang out with some friends, um, just chill out in Dallas. So that was a good time. That is cool. It's, 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 it's rare, especially, you know, where you're at right now, it's going to be, I'm sure rare that you're going to get those moments. So I guess we gotta, we gotta take it where we can get it. That's for sure. Um, but great stuff. Like I said, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us today. And, and, uh, I know you got another tournament kicking off tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, uh, we're playing up at pumpkin Ridge in Oregon, which is a, a pretty sweet track, some good history, especially for Stanford alums like tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a beautiful uh, yeah. area to play golf yep. up there. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So we, we wish you the best in the tournament. Hopefully we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you make it out to Wingfoot. but either way, I'm sure you've got, you know, quite a, a, a career ahead of you. And we're looking forward to, to hearing your name a whole lot more on the PGA tour. That's for sure. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for Thank chatting you, with us. All right, guys. So again, great to get one big thing that we always try to do with the podcast is get many perspectives. Like I said, there's so many different avenues and and, and personalities and people in this game, and now having getting a chance to speak with someone so young, 22 years old, mm-hmm. already accomplished so much in his amateur career, moving on now, working his way through the corn ferry and playing some PGA tour events so much ahead of him, you know, and then on the other side of the coin, we've gotten to talk to some guys who are on the, the champions tour and, and them, not only that, you know, their career isn't over, they're still doing amazing things, but also looking back and the progress and things like that. Um, it's just such the, the game of golf just has such a long lifespan. And I always find it fun to talk to people at different points in that journey. 100%. And I'm going to lay this down now because he did mention it after we hung up with him that, Brandon, when you do come back for the fall, in the fall to New York, we, we want a little challenge. Yes. So we're, we're thinking of a, a two-man best ball between Frank and I versus you at Scarsdale. Bring it. I, I don't think we stand a chance, honestly. No, I think even we in by a three scramble. to five strokes. I know, even in a scramble. Yeah. But uh, I was, I well, I, I, like I said, I was watching last night some of the replays from, from Pebble Beach and you know, unbelievable. No, he's a damn good player. Yeah, yeah. he's good. <laughs> and like I said, I, I, I think there are going to be a lot of great things ahead for him. And I, I think he's also, he's a smart guy, you know, yeah. for somebody as young as Brandon is to have such a great head on his shoulders and he's, he's mature, he's composed. Uh, even as you saw, like using how he uses his degree and he's, yeah. he's designing some of the face masks and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, a smart guy, like I said, I think he'll go a long way. Big time. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, that's everything we have for you this week. You can get to the show notes by going to golficity.com slash episode 335. Or as always, in the Golficity app. Guys, if you haven't downloaded the Golficity app yet, make sure you do it. Go to golficity.com slash app. You'll find the links to download it for free on either iOS 
or Android, and all of the podcasts are there. All of the videos are there, and tons of great instruction as well. Some really fun stuff. And if look, if you're into betting or picks, we've got some great writers now. Uh, I know Riley's doing some great work for that. We've got Patrick, uh, Patrick and the Pin High Boys are doing some excellent previews each week. Um, so a lot of great action on there as well. So there's pretty much something for every golfer to enjoy. Make sure you download the Golficity app, and we'll see everybody again next week.